Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 453 of The Sausage Factory. In this episode, I interview Adam Sionges of Wishfully and ask them about the design and development of their narrative-driven adventure game, Planet of Lana. Drip feeding. Drip feeding information. That is what Planet of Lana is about. Every aspect of it is offering little hints to the player about what they're meant to be doing or what they should do without directly telling them. They credit the player with some intelligence. And for that, I really thank it and its creators and Adam and his colleagues. For they've made something quite extraordinary here. I really enjoyed my time with Planet of Lana and I really had a great time delving into its design because there are aspects of this game which definitely reach back to older titles. We mentioned that in the show. We openly admit that it's based on, well, heavily influenced by much, much older games that date back 30, 40 years in some cases. But it's no bad thing. There's nothing new under the sun. What is new is all the technology, especially terms of the sound design for Planet of Lana that make it extra special and its own unique thing. So without further ado, let's listen to me from the relatively recent past talk to Adam about the Planet of Lana. Chris, take it away. Hello, Adam. Hello. Can you tell How us you? Who... Hello, I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> Can you tell us who you are and what you do? So um 
my name is Adam and I'm the uh, creative director and co-head of studio at Wishfully. And we're a small uh, game development studio based in Sweden. And we just released our debut game, uh, Planet of Lana. You have indeed. And it's an extraordinary experience. We're going to delve into that later on in the show. But before we do, let's find out about, a little bit about you, Adam. Could you tell us how you made your start making video games? So my start into video games, uh, I would say, started when I fell in, in love with games when I was a kid. Um, and I started playing on uh, Nintendo 8-bit, carried on with Amiga 500, and um, also fell in love with cinematic platformers. I l- really, really loved Another World for the more more older listeners. Um, and it, the American title for that game was Out of This World. Um, and if you play that game, you can also see that that it's that we took inspirations from from that game. But I, that made a big impact on me. But then, as I grew up, I played a lot of games. Uh, I was a big Quake player, for example. I did a lot of like modding and stuff like that for for games. Uh, and also started making my own games when I was around 12 years old in Games Factory. And then I carried on in Flash when that was a thing in early 2000s. So I made um, several games there. And then as it as it happens, as it does in life, I kind of uh, went on with animation and illustration and, and filmmaking. Um and started freelancing as uh, a motion graphics artist and, and freelancer, basically a one-man company doing commercials and TV intro, TV show intros and that kind of stuff. And I did that for um, over 10 years. Also ha- had a, a film production company together with two friends, a small animation studio, Um and then, but I, but my my heart has always been uh, within video games, and I always dreamt of uh, making a pivot into the gaming industry and and making games because that's the thing I know the most about. That's the thing. That's the medium I love the most. Um, and then over the years in my adult life, I also had several game ideas that I wanted to realize. And as you often do creative people might recognize themselves i started a lot of projects without finishing them um but then i got the idea for planet of lana back in 2017 and i was um how old was i then i was uh, 31 years old and i thought i had my first just had my first kid um and I thought that now was the time to kind of take everything I've learned in life and really make the leap while I had the energy and try to make something, to really try to make something special. Uh, and then the idea of Planet of Lana was born with uh, this key art that I drew in, in Photoshop, which we still use as key art, where you see this young girl and her cute little creature companion and they're standing in this tall grass in this um, um, in this uh, uh, scene where they're looking up at this ominous robot um, coming up uh, on, on top of a cliff so I drew that image um, 
and at at the same time as I was drawing it, I actually can't remember what came first, but it was basically the the core idea of the story as well. Um, and then I worked on that for a year by myself and decided that this was something that I was going to finish. Either way, I was going to do it myself. I was going to learn programming. I've done some flash programming. I thought, how like how hard can it be? <laughs> uh, I realized that it was very very hard. Um, um, but but I, I had decided that I was going to finish it, and and then me and my now ex wife started the studio in in um, 2018, and then it kind of spiraled on because I had quite a a big creative network since I've been freelancing and working with film and animation for so long. And then uh, the the project uh, attracted more and more talented people. And then we started Wishfully Studios in 2019. Um, yeah, and here we are now, uh, six, six years later than when that first idea came to life. Wonderful story. And you mentioned Another World, which has been featured in a previous episode of Kana Rint. So listen to that, everyone. But uh, um, it, it just, you can see the, the strands of inspiration from that leading into Planet of Lana because that's a very old game, almost 30 years old now, I believe. Yes. Which, it doesn't look it, but it genuinely, <laughs> genuinely is. Um, which leads me on to my, my next question, really, is um, – as a creator of things, could you tell us what are your biggest influences? For Planet of Lana, I would say it's a lot of different things. So it's those old games that I grew up with, uh, Another World, Prince of Persia, Odd World was a big egg, uh, had a big influence on me when I was a kid. I loved Odd World, Apes Odyssey, the first game. Um. But then, of course, like when that, like the whole indie scene exploded with Limbo, um, Braid, and those games, I really, really loved those. And that was also when I kind of dawned on me that I, I really love the side-scrolling genre so much. And I thought there was so much, like with Limbo and with later also Inside, Playdead also showed how much you can do with it. And um, I think that was a big inspiration. Um, as well, and then other games. I, I, I play a lot of different genres of games, um, and um, and then Studio Ghibli is also a very big inspiration. Uh, um, being interested in animation and illustration, and, and I fell in love with Studio Ghibli, and 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 still still am, and I think that's also uh, had a big impact on Plant of Lana as well. I can definitely see. Influence there is the the palette choice, subtle, but it's definitely there. That it's not. It's difficult to describe. I'm no artist. I'm sure you can, but there is a probably a, a, a description of what that palette is. I do not know, but it's definitely that Studio Ghibli. They they, they definitely like that subtle use of tones. Again, I'm an amateur describing this, but that's that's how I see it. Am I right in saying that? No, you're very correct in saying that, actually, because I think we, of course, we differ from like the the, the visual style of Studio Ghibli, but it's it's a lot of inspiration, definitely a lot from the color schemes. I would mm-hmm. say you're very right in that, uh, and the color schemes, and also like how they work with 
you know, just transporting you to their worlds that they masterfully created where, you know, you can feel the wind through the, like they, they create such beautiful nature and like really a feeling of being there. And that was something that um, I wanted to try and, and, and have in Planet of Lana as well. Um, and, and, and keeping that also uh, carving out our own like art direction and our own style um, and, and still having that, you know, hand painted feel. We went for this, you know, actually it's the, 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 the game also started uh, much more simpler in scope, I would say. So at the beginning, because I thought I was going to do it by myself with my, um, with my ex-wife Maria and a programmer and maybe one more uh, in the beginning. So I, I was, the, the, the first idea was to make it very similar to Another World and Prince of Persia and Flashback and, the, and Odd World because they all had this grid system where it's like you walk one step and you're at the next uh, section of the grid and then you walk one. So you can never be in between grids kind of which make animation system the animation system much easier and all those games kind of had you know frame by frame um a frame by frame system either way they i mean odd world uh, uh, rendered like 3d frames of their character and 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 prince of persia and another world world was like hand-drawn uh, frames so i wanted to do that because i thought that that was uh, a manageable scope uh, so that's how it started. Like with, I rented a gymnastic hall and uh, or borrowed, and then my brother's uh, daughter acted as uh, an actor, and I filmed her with my iPhone and used that as a reference for rotoscoping and doing the animations for Lana. She was running and jumping and that kind of stuff. So that was the first prototype of Planet of Lana that we had. Uh, in 2018, that the first thing that we pitched for publishers, um, but the thing with and then it was much more flat. It was because the style was kind of there from the beginning, this hand painted style. But then, how do you take that into an actual game that is like compelling and draws you in and and is immersive? So the first prototype we had was that grid system and it was very sluggish it felt like those old games and not in a good way because i mean every kind of technology and game has their time and uh, the division for planet of lana was always this cinematic epic adventure kind of in mini format um and that technology just didn't cut it and we got actually quite slaughtered by publishers as well that in that first round where they said that like they they liked the style the idea but like you're not going to be able to to do to, to convey that to people with this choice of uh, how you're producing the game and also you're never going to make it like with that little people like that game that you're that you're trying that you have the vision for so then we went back to the drawing board and then more people came onto the project and we decided to do it in a mix of 3D and 2D uh, and then it took several years to get to the final style and several and, and so many talented people that contributed with everything from like the wind system to how we um, yeah layer all the stuff. 
so we got this 2.5D mix that we have now where we have like rocks are in some rocks are in 3D and like the bushes are in like 2D sprites. It's a lot of like mixture of 3D and and 2D. And then it's a mixture of like hand painted light and like pre-baking of assets where we like pre-baked things in, in, in Maya um, and then painted on top of that. And, you know, it's just a weird, weird mix. It's like when we're talking to Unity people also, um, when they wanted to highlight our game and stuff like that, they're, they're like, okay, are you using our new like render pipeline? Are you using like this? Well, no, we're using like the most basic thing because that's what worked for us because we have su- such a weird like uh, um, setup, which we needed need to have to achieve the look that we have, which is not like, it's not high fidelity 3D. It's just this, this, um, yeah. It feels unique, like a yeah, it feels quite like unique a, look, I think. Yeah. It feels like a still oil painting that's just animated and that's what you were going for. Which again yeah. goes back to the Studio Ghibli thing, which is what kicked off all of yeah. this and the, and the and the palette design. But, but yeah, go on. no, but yeah, and, and also finding that balance between you know wanting it to keep it hand painted, for example, uh, we were also talk, thinking about you know having it in in thirty fps or even lower to have that you know handcrafted feel, but. Uh, we loved so much more having it in like 60 frames per second, having it smooth and like having you being able to being transported to this world, having it smooth and you can feel the wind and everything, but still keeping that hand painted look. And it took so much iteration and so much time to, to get there, uh, to be honest. Um, yeah. Well, we'll delve into that later on. Um, yeah. All the, all the challenges you face, but uh, let's move on to some, another form of influence. And that would be, other developers. Could you tell us what video game developer do you admire most and why? Well, I, I have to say Playdead is a like a big inspiration. Um I think I mean both Limbo but also Inside. I think it's like one of the absolute best uh first half hours of any game I've ever played, I think, in Inside because I think it really kind of boils down to what a game should be for me in some sense. And I mean, we all have different tastes. um, And I love playing like paradox games or like I have a very broad uh, taste in games, but it's something so pure in in inside, I think, because you're, you're just thrown into it. It's just so simple. You just run and you jump and you can drag stuff. But you're so like captivated by like who is this boy? Where are you? Like people shooting at me. It's just so tense and like so intriguing and cinematic. And they're doing it without words. And and it's just like there's no big like backstory before you start. You're just getting to play it. And I think they did that so well. Uh, and it's just such a polished game. It's just insane how polished that game is. Um, which I have such an impress- um, appreciation for now, having created uh, our first game, <laughs> to realize how hard it is, um, and and uh, and um, yeah, I think it's just a masterpiece in that in 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 all senses uh, inside, and and the puzzles are so good, um, creative, and feels a part of the world, and yeah, that's a big big inspiration, I think. Yeah, fantastic answer. It's like a slowly opening flower, isn't it? You start off mm. with 
just the actual bud itself. And then when you start to, you know, explore it and play it and interact with it, it reveals itself to you. But until you do, it will not. That's lovely. Um, last question in the first half. Here we go. Can you tell us what are you playing right now? Um, what did I play the latest? I mean, I've been so busy. To be honest, I'm also a single dad with two, like a seven-year-old and a five-year-old at home. So I'm just trying, have tried to make life work, to be honest, the last year. Also being the last year of production, being the most stressful. Um, but the last game I remember I played was Stray. Uh, and I really love that game. Uh, very, very much so. Uh, that was the last one. What was the thing that really drew you to it? Obviously, you like your action adventures. But what was the thing about Stray? Other than it's got a cat in it, so there you go. Mm. Already got a score one for it, sir. But what was the thing that drew you to Stray? I was very intrigued from the first time I saw it, like a couple of years back when they first had their first reveal trailer of it. I just was drawn to it. It was just beautiful animation, uh, masterful art direction and the whole world they created and like kind of the mix of a cat exploring a cyberpunk city and through the eyes of a cat it was just super compelling to me I think um, and you know as you get hyped for games I really hope that they could deliver on like their promise that they had with their marketing which I think was very good and I really think they did I really enjoyed the gameplay and the world and, and the game uh, I really think it was a marvelous um, experience. I really enjoyed it, and yeah. so yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's that's it for now. Um, we will see now move on to the second half of the show, where we delve deep into Planet of Lana.
So, first question, Adam. Could you tell us what is Planet of Lana? So Planet of Lana is a cinematic puzzle adventure where you play this young girl called Lana. And together with your creature companion, Mui, uh, you are forced out on this epic adventure and mission, really, to try and save your big sister uh, and all the other people that's been taken away by this invading robot army army that's invaded your home planet. Um, And you go out on this adventure together where you have to use stealth, uh, wit, and agility um, and solve puzzles and go through this really matinee epic adventure together um, to try and to try and find your sister and try to figure out and as as you as you play uh, this rich backstory also um, is being is being revealed to you and and one thing that I think is fun with Planet of Lana that you can play it in several different ways because we're telling the story without words and we've seen that some people play it kind of like a mission you know you want to go through it fast you want to solve the puzzles you want to finish it and some people are really taking in the atmosphere looking at all the details and we have a lot of details and lore and backstory that the more interested people uh, that are interested in that can explore um, uh, and and those players will take more with them uh, when the credits roll so so um yeah, if that answers your your question, but it's a side scroller, two point five D game, in the very much in the same vein as um, Inside or Limbo or those kind of games, uh, with the twist and that you have your creature companion. It's a single player game, but you have Mui, and Mui you can think of her kind of like a mix between a cat and a dog, kind of cat dog monkey or something like that. So you can give her commands, and she's very. Um, eager to do as you say so you can tell her to stop you can tell her to follow you you can point her to uh, to places and she can do you complement each other so lana doesn't have any weapons and Mu, neither does mui and um, but together you you really can outsmart these creatures and robots that you come across and mui can chew off cables and she can jump higher than you and fit into places where you can't uh, so you have to use your both your strength and and uh, and work with each other's weaknesses as well to get through the adventure. Yeah, Mimi doesn't like water, much like cats. Exactly. Uh, for example, but I think she's slightly more intelligent than a dog or a cat. They have, she says things. Yes. So uh, there's definitely a little bit more intel- intellect uh, than than a, a creature you'd find on Earth, should we say? Yeah, Isn't... they have have a, have this constant constant communication with each other. Yeah. Um, and even though we can't understand what Lana is saying, because uh, my co-director and script scriptwriter Klaus Eriksson invented the, this language, and mm-hmm. uh, there's an act- actual language that they speak on 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 this planet, which is also uh, another layer that's a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to delve into that mm. later on. There's some, we'll some questions on uh, that aspect of Planet of Lana. But before I do, I want to talk a little bit more about mechanics now. So the space within which the player can interact in Planet of Lana, how have you found designing each of these interactions, each of these scenes? What have you? How have you found making sure that there's some sort of cohesion between the two and how in many cases 
there isn't a puzzle. You are simply, to say simply, you're traversing through the world with Lana and realising, seeing everything for the first time as she is also by the looks of things. She doesn't seem to have tread too far from her village until now. How have you found designing these different scenes, making sure there's some sort of sense of cohesion? I mean, there's different different layers to it. So most of us in the studio have never created a game before, uh, I should say, uh, or worked with game design. Um, so we kind of had to figure out a lot of stuff as we went along. And I think it was good that we had, we had a three-year pre-production, basically, where we did our vertical slice, uh, pitched for publishers, reiterated, and, you know, just kept on doing better and better puzzles. I'm really glad like not none of the puzzles that we had during that time reached the final product because it's just, it's so freaking hard making good puzzles. Uh, and it was, we had this game design group that was, that has been working on it, but it was when uh, our lead puzzle uh, designer, Don Faxe came into the team that it really kind of clicked. And when the puzzle started to become much, much better, uh, but that's that's a different thing. So it, it, to answer your question about like how we make the like the pacing with different scenes and stuff like that, it's actually funny because uh, so what we did was that basically me and one of the other game designers, Christian, we played inside and we kind of mapped it out in an Excel uh, scene by scene. Like where do they have a puzzle? How hard do we find that? So we rated the puzzles like easy, medium, hard. And then we had uh, like, okay, where do they have um, transport sections? Like that's nothing. It's just like transport. And where um, and where do they have more like platforming scenes? So we had these different categories of like transport, uh, platforming, like action platforming uh, and puzzles and then difficulty levels of the puzzles. And we mapped the whole game out, like uh, rated it uh, of inside. And then we kind of said, so that we should we should do this mapping of our own game. So then we started, you know, uh, doing like putting together this puzzle where we had like the story and then working with the story and uh, we started making these chunks of chapters and scenes and then during production we moved this around a lot like whole sections got shifted quite late in production as well. Um but it was a very good system for Plant of Lana, at least, since it's a linear game as well. And we could kind of see, like, okay, because we realized that, like, making a puzzle game is so important with the pacing. Like, you you introduce a mechanic. When does it come back? When do you build upon that to make it fun and not repetitive, but still using things that you've learned um, and then uh, building upon that in different layers uh, over the course of the game? Um, so... Yeah, that's how we worked with that. No, why not? If you work with a framework that exists and functions, it's built from that. It's perfectly mm. valid. Um, there's nothing new under the sun, so they say. It's yeah. Perfectly fine. Next question then sound design. We haven't spoken about the sound design yet deliberately because I wanted to focus on it right now because it is extraordinary in Planet of Lana how layered it is and how detailed the sound is in Planet of Lana to the point where 
you hear beings before you see them in most instances. You can hear and you can hear all sorts of things. The amount of times I found myself listening out for certain sounds, knowing that something's going to crop up, and indeed the score complements this. It's an extraordinary achievement. I'm going to ask this sort of strategy of having Lana hear things before she sees them. Was that always the intention? Because it's not. It's a little bit dis- disconcerting because you're not seeing what you're hearing. Why did you do that? Um, to be honest, it's not a decision that I have been part of. So we've been working with a brilliant sound design studio called Setete, which are based in Turin uh, in, in Italy. Um, and they've just done such an amazing job. And um, I mean, it's 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 really all their kind of magic and how they um, how they have seeing that it would work best. And, you know, we've had this creative process where it's been, um, I believe in a creative process where like you have the vision, but then you can be uh, quite free and then you go in and poke into stuff if it doesn't work, but when it works, it works and it's, and it's good. And I think they've done such a, such a brilliant job with that. And it just made so much sense when we, heard it implemented and how they how they've worked with that so um i'm equally thrilled as you are that it's it's been done in the way it's been done <laughs> yeah that's wonderful so you outsourced this willingly and said here's the scope here's what i need you to do um, you know here's the visuals here's the interaction tell us how you're going to get this and they just put out of the bag as they say it's just quite incredible it's- yeah, they've done, and then and then. Uh, so I've been co-directing the game with uh, uh, my co-director Klaus, and he's been more. So we've been, which is very handy because we've been able to focus on different things. I've been more focusing on the overall picture, the visuals, and the game design, and Klaus has been more story um, and sound and music. So he's been more working tightly with the sound design group as well as with uh, our music composer Takeshi Furukawa. Uh, so that's how we've been um, splitting it up uh, as well. Okay. I want to talk about the interaction between Mui and Lana now, because it is so core to Planet of Lana. And it requires the player to enact, in some cases, very timed tasks. And Mui is sort of, she's quite limited in what she can do. But... Um, you hinted at this earlier about the, the struggles you've had with designing the puzzles, but having these two beings interact with each other in a limited way, knowing that's your tool set, how have you found designing challenging and interesting puzzles with this tool set? It's an interesting question <clears throat> because the core idea was always having Lana and having it as a single-player game and then having this creature companion with which you can control with commands, which I thought was very interesting. And I didn't want to, like every time I pitched the game, people wanted me wanted it to be co-op, cooperative. You know, why don't you do it cooperative? Uh, but I think that's the whole core idea of the game, that it's not that you can't control the movie directly, that you are, have. so what we've tried to go for is that kind of, 
to get that kind of relationship that a human has with with its dog between dog and owner where you can you can control Mui and she does respond to you but she's still her own thing you know you can't do whatever you want with her but it's been uh, a long process um figuring out what works in this space because there's not that many games that you can look at that's done a similar thing like at least we couldn't find many examples at all uh, that has like this mechanic um so there was a lot of trial and error like seeing what worked and in the beginning we also had movie much more intelligent that she was you know doing things more automatically that she was more intelligent quote unquote that she could sniff things out and do things for you that she was more self self-going in a way but we found that it was was actually much more fun when she was more mechanic in a way game design wise when she was responding much more responsive to your commands where you can trust that she was stopping when she was stopping and you can like order her around like a very well-dressed dog so that was something that was born out of fun factor that we saw when we designed the game that that was what worked best and and then we also at first we only had like the um, uh, stop and follow and if you've been working with game design and puzzle design you know that each little small 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 tweak you do affects so much in all the like the puzzles and how you think about the puzzles and the, the whole system so you have to be very very careful on what you add what you remove as you iterate and so on but we added the added after a few years that you can point movie to places that she can actually point her forward but that was also very it's hard it's it's so hard when i think when you looking at the game like that and at for planet of lana example you could ask yourself so why can't you just point movie to the other side of the screen why is it limited 10 meters ahead of you um and the easy question answer to that that it's it's very hard designing puzzles if you don't have a, a limit to what you can do, basically. So through limitation, you can you can give birth to to creative puzzles, in in my opinion, or that's at least how we uh, saw it. And it's also a um, you know it's a necessity also when you're a small team and you're doing this kind of big scope game, you have to kind of boil it down to what is the fun parts and what is necessary to make this a a fun engaging game and that's really really hard and so and this was how we did it yeah did a great job and to answer the unanswered questions any listeners yes you can pet Mui. in fact i regularly do especially after particularly tough puzzles because she's got me through a particularly hard difficult area just give a little pet to make sure she's all right <laughs> so it's a very important feature it's a very important feature so last question here we go as Lana in Planet of Lana makes her way through the world the history of what happened is revealed to her and the player it basically hints or describes why these things are happening why she had to flee from her village. That's in the game, by the way. It's not a spoiler. It's one of the opening 10 minutes, if that. Mm. And uh, how have you found delivering such a profound narrative with no language at all? 
How have you found that working within that very limited lexicon, if you like, or environment, I should say? What have you What have you done to make sure that the player is suitably informed and engaged with the the wider story? Because I found it just amazing. Thank you so much. And I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's been quite hard and and that's why also we had a long development cycle for Plants of Lana, long pre-production because we were figuring out how to do this and um, it's just a combination of so many things you know, uh, that was also the original kind of pitch and why it was quite hard to also sell as a debut game to, to, to publishers and stuff like that because to make this game good we had to deliver on everything like uh, both animation, both like puzzles, both uh, music and sound and visuals and everything needs to be tied together because otherwise you'd lose interest, I think, quite quickly. Um, and I think it's just a, a layering with, I mean, we tested the game so much also, tested what worked with the story and iterated on it. And we have like one thing we added after a few years was the language, for example. So even though you don't understand what they're saying, it still adds this uh, subtle extra layer of a way of conveying emotions and conveying the story. Um, and then, I mean, there's a lot of animations, both in short cutscenes and both in the background and through like details um, in the environment. Um, yeah, together with music and sound and and what you actually get to play that we that we tell this story. And as I was mentioning earlier, there's there's layers to it. So some people, you know, get the gist of it. Okay, there's some kind of invasion. Now you're alone. Uh, you have to like rescue these people, I guess. And then you find this cat, and then you go out on this adventure, and 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 so on. And they and they get the gist of it. And but there's several layers to be found there if you're one of those players that likes details and likes doing your own kind of theories and puzzling the backstory by your own, yeah, of your own. And I think that's that's something that I'm very proud of and think is, is a lot of fun when I play games as well, when it has more to it. Yeah, ask the question, why is this happening? Who did what? Why did they do? Oh, I see. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that's, I'm not going to say any more. But it's just uh, it's a wonderful uh, drip feed. Done a wonderful job with that. So, thank you. Planet of Lana uh, has been developed by Wishfully. I have to ask, where's the name come from? It's a lovely name for a developer. So, Wishfully, uh, it's a it's a bit of a funny story because at first we started as Wishful Whale. Was the like the first when me and my ex-wife, but with that name only lasted half a year before we were more founders, and then we transferred everything to the actual studio, which is Wishfully, and that was because like some of the people that joined had uh, another company called Fully Studios, and it was like Wishful Whale and Fully Studios, so then it became Wishfully. Lovely, kind of a mix. Yeah, uh, it's published by Thunderful and. What platforms is Planet of Lana available on? So you can play Planet of Lana on Xbox, both Series X and S and Xbox One, uh, as well as on PC, uh, PC Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass, as well as Steam 
Epic Store and Good Old Games. It's on all of the things. Quite extraordinary. <laughs> and uh, yes, many congratulations. With you. You've been a wonderful guest, Adam, I have to say. And thank you so much. You've been open and honest about the creation of Planet of Lana, so thank you. Um, you're more than welcome to come back to talk about what's next, next cooking in your head, in your collective heads over at Wishfully. We will be here. Trust me, we will be here. Um, but uh, in the meantime, thank you very much. Thank you so much and very, very happy. And uh, it's been very fun being a part of the show. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended, and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and at our website, caneandrinse.com.